Greetings. Welcome to today's meeting. My name is Fernando. I am an alcoholic and your secretary. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Today, for December the 12th, 13, I believe, I'll be reading a few grapevine readings, the daily reflection, and whatever else comes. A little bit of my experience, strength, and hope. Thank you so much for coming on here today, taking time to uh, listen to me rant. As you know, my first car was a 1962 Rambler. I bought it for 125 bucks. <laughs> it didn't have reverse, and I'm still rambling to this day. My home group is in uh, Glendora, California, the West Oaks Group, under the oak trees. We meet at the park. My sponsor is Les A. And I do have um, commitments, secretary, coffee maker, and uh, organizer for the breakfast pancake meeting and the uh, barbecue meeting every week. <laughs> All right, our first story of the grapevine, we're going to start off with the grapevine today. Article that caught my attention on the word just say, just said yes, just said yes. And it has a picture of a lot of bob wire incarceration camp. I don't know if you've been incarcerated or in federal prison or in a road camp where they have the uh, bob wire, but they have the uh, the one that looks like razor blades. You know, that stuff works. It'll hold you back. Here's the story. Since Cynthia is Seattle, Washington. I've been in a road camp for four or five days. I didn't try to jump that. And I've been in federal prisons, but I took AA in there and I saw the mountains and mountains of bob wire. Useless use of wire. They just put it, it's, it was like 15 feet high, 15 feet deep, and all inside of it was bob wire. Just a waste of uh, federal money trying to keep the prisoners in. All right, Cynthia S. from Seattle, Washington, wrote this letter to the grapevine. It says, Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. Bill's story, Alcoholic Anonymous. This passage, Cynthia says, describes my experience every time I leave an AA meeting at a correctional facility. I feel amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. I have been carrying the message to incarcerated people for more than 18 years now. When I first got sober, I remember Cy T, now deceased, would announce upcoming correction service opportunities at our meetings. Sometimes he passed me a note about signing up to go to a prison meeting. Cy often talked about how much meetings added to the quality of his sobriety. He felt this type of service was insurance against a slip. A few years later, I was sitting in a meeting and I was thinking about stuff going on in my head. And someone announced that volunteers were needed to carry the message 
into a juvenile detention center. I raised my hand and said yes. I did as my sponsor told me to do. I just said yes. I hit bottom during my kids' teenage years. I held on to some guilt about that even after making amends to them. Going into juvenile detention centers has been a way of giving back and showing up for teenagers. My purpose there is simply to plant a seed of hope. When I get back, what I get back, excuse me, is so much more. Healing and forgiveness. I did not expect this. God did for me what I could not do for myself. Each time we go to the county jail and clear the metal detector, the guard hands us a key to the room where the AA literature is kept. My heart is filled with gratitude when the guard hands me the key because I remember going to jail in handcuffs. Now the guard is handing me a key. No matter where the meeting is, jail, juvenile hall, detention, work release, or prisons, the women are so grateful for our visit. When the meeting starts and we share our experience, strength, and hope, the language of the heart seems to take over the meeting. The honest sharing and gratitude of the women, some in prison for years, is a beautiful thing to experience. I'm so grateful that I said yes to carry our message to correction facilities. When life on life terms gets hard, a regular commitment to those cor- correction meetings going into the trenches has not only helped me stay sober, but grateful. I really look forward to returning to in prison, to returning in person, excuse me, to, to the prisons meetings when this COVID-19 finally ends. Cynthia is Seattle, Washington, and this was done in March 2023. Wow, what a deal, huh? The other story we have here, the second one out of the book is, okay, I read that. There's a few of them I already read. And I'm very thankful and grateful for that. This one, I didn't read it because I thought it was a little... uh, But I'll read it now. It's called Confessions of a Spreadsheet-Loving Nerd. When I showed up to AA in 2011, I was here for one thing, to get people off my back. I needed the husband to quit overreacting. I needed the kids to quit freaking out. And in case the state of Texas asked, I already been to an AA meeting. That's the attitude y'all got when I walked into an AA. So when my sponsor told me she walked me through the steps, my plan was to play along with her so I wouldn't have to deal with any of the rest of y'all. But she had other ideas. She suggested I go to a meeting every night until I had worked all 12 steps and had a spiritual experience as a result. She suggested I get a home group and show up 30 minutes early and stay 30 minutes after every meeting. She suggested I talk to two women after every meeting. My biggest concern about these suggestions was what I would say to these two women after every meeting. I had no idea what to say to people without a lead-in of, do you want a beer and a shot? My sponsor just suggested I say hi. I soon discovered that if I made the coffee, people would come up to me and start talking. This cost me, if only for an hour a week, to think of other people and not of me. Very important point. At six months sober, I was made the literature chair of the and the Keep on Stepping group. Now, at this point in my sobriety, I still wanted to drink almost every day. 
What this service position did for this self-centered, grandiose, fearful alcoholic was to help me gain some perspective. Even when I wanted to drink, the thought would cross my mind, but who would set up the literature table if I got drunk? This helped me to stay sober another day, another week, another month. After a few months, I went through the steps with my sponsor. I had a spiritual awakening, and I began to want to stay sober. I tell you, it was a miracle. Next, I was made GSR, General Service Rep of my group. After they determined to their satisfaction that I'd be willing to go to a monthly district meeting in a quarterly area assembly by the By this time, I was in love with AA. When I walked into my first district meeting in area assembly, I felt like maybe for the first time I belonged. My whole life, I had been trying to hide a secret, a secret I was sure would cause everyone to run away if they knew the truth about me. The secret was that I am a nerd, a spreadsheet-loving policy procedure-following nerd, Here was a group of people who were using those kinds of strengths to give back to the fellowship they love just as much as I did. District 81 in Area 67 has allowed me to serve as their alternate DCM and DCM. My area even entrusted me with the position of treasurer, alternate chair, and currently as their chair. Service has gone to me through so many of those trials and low spots the big book talks about. It got me through my divorce when I was GSR. I got me I got me through being passed over from a promotion at work when I was DCM. Service got me through when my daughter refused to talk to me and I was navigating the violent outburst of a disabled teenager going through puberty. Now, I don't know about your sponsor, but my sponsor makes me face these situations head on. Clean my side of the street and then let God do the rest. When I get to serve, I have the opportunity to think about others. I get to focus on being a small part of a great whole. The big emotional ups and downs don't sweat me into self-pity, and I give my God the chance to do His thing. AA has not given me one of those fairy tale happy endings. What it has given me is so much more. I have a God now I can rely on, friends I can hang on to, and a lesson I can learn. That divorce ended up being God's way of allowing me the chance to love again. I met a man who loves AA as much as I do. We have been able to bring the practice of living with our traditions and concepts into our home. My daughter and I have built a new relationship, fondness on kindness, love, and mutual respect. God gave me the strength to face my fears with my son's dad, as well as my son's teachers and doctors, and tell them I needed help without worrying about the lie I once believed that this made me a bad mom. I'm telling you, when I walk in here, I wanted nothing to do with y'all, but I thank God I did it anyway. Christina is from League City, Texas. Thank you, Christina, for giving it away to us. Very encouraging. That's one of the reasons I didn't want to read it, because I saw the word nerd, spread loving nerd. And it made me think about Fernando Alcoholic. I just happened to get encouraged people, and I picked numbers of males and females. And there's one lady that keeps 
saying, talking about how bad the meetings are here in this area, that every other meeting is needs cleaning up, AA style. With 45 days, I said, bring it on, that we can use you. And I don't know if I'm doing any good, but what else can you do? Everybody has compassion that the person will clean up their side of the street and get some time in there and then get into service work and and run the meeting according to the uh, steering committee's guidelines of that meeting, which are all different. Ours is a little while. We're in the park, and she's and we don't have the uh, anything posted on the walls. We don't have, uh, but for the grace of God, live and let live. First things first. We don't have in the posted in there. Um, uh, one day at a time. This too shall pass. Those are the ones I like. Give them heaven, or. Don't take yourself too seriously. All these mantras, logos, as you would, keep us alive and well. But I pray and I believe the person's going to make a great secretary. We already have her bringing the books into the uh, park and, and help running the meeting. So that is a great, great thing. We put them to work right away, folks. We give them a commitment. All right. I'm going to read one more story, then I'm going to read the daily reflections, and then we're going to see what our sponsor has to say. Please hang in there with me. One more story. This one comes to us from Tony S. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Tony. Here's what we do. In 2018, I had a moment of clarity in the chaos and turmoil of my addiction. That clarity allowed me to make the decision to get sober. At that time, I was hopeless, homeless, and living in New Jersey. My family and friends had finally had enough of my lies, deception, and false promises. I was alone. I had been living on my car for a year, and then, through what I now know as God's grace, I lost my car. I had nowhere to go. In desperation, I called an addiction hotline, a state-run program that helps alcoholics and addicts find treatment paid by the state. After two weeks in treatment, I headed to Philadelphia to start my journey to a new life. I entered a work program for homeless men and provided housing and the opportunity to start over. The first thing I did was find an AA meeting near me. I had been exposed to AA for a few years. I had known I had a problem with alcohol when I was 18. Now I was 58 and finally changing my life. I found a meeting that met six days a week. The format was different every night. There was a step meeting, a big book meeting, a celebration meeting, a speaker meeting, and a beginner's meeting. I took advantage of all these meetings and I threw myself into service. I came early and stayed late. I set up chairs and made the coffee. I got to know the members and I got a sponsor. I also worked the steps and got connected to the people of my home group. But there was one missing piece of my program. It was the piece that had always been missing for the previous 40 years. The thing I desperately needed, my connection back to God. 
One block from my home group was a Catholic church. I started going to the church, and a strange thing happened. At Mass, the priest in his humbly would talk about living in the moment and avoiding resentments. His humbly mirrored what I was hearing at my AA home group. At first, I did not understand what was happening. Why were his homilies fitting in with what I heard in the meetings? I soon learned that my priest was in AA too. Somehow, through God's providence, I have found a priest who had the same experience with alcohol as I did. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> One day after Mass, the priest came over and sat down next to me and asked how much time I had. I was stunned. How did he know? To this day, I do not know. He asked me to help during church services. I have been an active member of my church ever since. I believe that my God sent this priest into my life to bring me back. I've been sober now two years, and through the people I have met in AA, I have been introduced to service in AA outside my home group. My closest friend is involved in service at the area level. For a year now, for over a year, I've been traveling with her to area quarterly meetings, area events, and forums, as they say, I got the bug. <laughs> I love service within my home group, but now I felt I needed to do more. I decided to look for a committee position in the inner group level and would pike my interest and allow me to give back to others. So I joined the corporation with the Professional Community Committee, or CPC. For over a year, I've been actively participating in CPC meetings. One of our most important responsibilities is to escort first-year medical students to an open AA meeting. This meeting is part of the medical students' regular curriculum. It's required. How amazing is that? It's so exciting to meet these young people, these future doctors, and to have the honor and privilege of taking them to their first AA meeting. We provide them with background information about AA. We tell them what AA is and what it is not. We tell them what to expect at the meeting, and then we answer any questions they have. My involvement with CPC has truly been an amazing experience to see the students' face after the meeting and to hear their impressions about their AA experience has been a joy. Every month during the school year, each member of our committee has this awesome responsibility to help inform these future doctors about AA. Sometimes I think about what this program means for the still sick and suffering alcoholic. Maybe someday one of these future doctors will remember what they have heard and seen at our AA meetings to help one of their patients find their way to us or, their, or themselves. The impression that stands out most of these students according to our conversation with them is the honesty they hear in our sharing. They are all by AA members sharing their fears and their joys. I have not forgotten my home group. I also serve as our group's alternate GSR, and I continue to actively participate in our meetings. We are now in person and online. I also have not forgotten my church and my God. AA has brought me back to my childhood religion and to a faith in my higher power that I never had before. Just like in my AA meetings, I know my church members and my priests, and they know me. What a life. Tony S., Philadelphia. Wonderful, beautiful words of life. Folks, that's why we don't go to work <laughs> and we stay home and read on Grapevine Articles.
I was supposed to go to work today, but I'm, I feel like I'm catching something. So I decided to relax and stay home and get some sun and ground myself. Actually, it's really not work. It's volunteering work. They just pay me for my gas back and forth. And then we go and we actually have a meeting. And I've been doing it for over a year now. But my buddy fell down. He went to a house party with his family. And I don't know if he says he has 10 years. But uh, anyway, he should have been in a meeting of AA. So I decided just to come home, work on my program, and and work on myself so I can be better of service when my positions come up. And I need to take coffee and be fully clothed in my right mind with the, with God as my ultimate sponsor, giving me the right tools for me to face. All right, let's go ahead and go to our daily reflections for today and see what it entails today. Thank you, God, for today's 24 hours. I'm very grateful to be part of life at this time and have choices, right? Have choices. Here we go. AA.org, free for us to have. For today's reading is December the 13th. Thinking of others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 20. Thinking of others have never come easily to me, even when I try to work the AA program. I'm prone to thinking, how do I feel today? Am I happy, joyous, and free? The program tells me that my thoughts must reach out to those around me. Would that newcomer welcome someone to talk to? That person looks a little unhappy today. Maybe I could cheer him up. It is only when I forget my problems and reach out to contribute something to others that I can begin to attain the serenity and God conscience I seek. Amen. When I read Fernando Alcoholics, our lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. And one of those others is ourselves and how to meet their needs. A lot of times we we don't have time for ourselves. We're so involved in service work. And uh, it comes to mind when I first signed up to go to all these to go to the prisons up in Sacramento. I, I had a Spanish sponsor, and he was. Uh, in other words, I went to a Spanish-speaking meeting or somewhere. I picked up a sponsor that I really enjoyed talking to, and uh, I he goes, "Well, we can sign up to go to prisons. You take that one. I'll take this one, and the other guys will take that one." It was kind of like a committee, and I. Signed up for every one, Folsom, uh, Alcatraz, uh, one here, one there. And he said, you can't do that. I said, why not? Why can't I go to one um, every week instead of a meeting? I have met people that do that. They go to two to three meetings a night to recovery centers, and they feel that their time is worth better than going into a meeting. I don't like the coffee kind of share. But I thought about it, and I did have a commitment to COVID knocked it off to the local juvenile hall up on the mountains close to our city. 
And I always believe that a home group should adopt a local uh, juvenile hall, jail, hospitals, institutions, whatever. And there's plenty around us that we can ad adopt one, take a meeting as a in our business meeting, talk about that meeting that we have an outside meeting as our meeting is represented and funding it. Amen. For, for tradition, folks, we just voted in easy as pie. All right, what else were they talking about? Oh, my sponsor said for me just to sign up for one meeting. One meeting. What? Amen. All right, I can remember all kinds of things, and I could keep going, but let's go ahead and see what our, my sponsor, King Solomon, says about today's Proverbs. I'm going to read it from a... My outside Bible, the one I have on my patio that gets all the uh, attention from the cold and the weather. Now, this Bible I found in Las Vegas in a house that was for sale. And they had a lot of box, a lot of, not a lot, but it was on the driveway and it was getting wet. And it was flipping around and I said, wow, they're going to throw it in the trash. So I uh, I got it from the heap pile, and it's a it's a one of those old tough leather Bibles, and it has large printing, so it's easy for me to see. It's a Nelson's King James Bible. <laughs> Here we go, Proverbs thirteen. A wise son heareth his father's instructions. But a scorner hear it, not rebuke. You know what's a scorner, right? Judge, mocker, insensitive to instructions. A wise son hear it, his father's instructions. So if we are to be wise sons, then we need to take time to pray and then to listen and see how a wise son can hear his father's instructions. I mean, sitting down with pen and pencil after we do a chunk of reading like I'm doing now is to sit down and start asking, write down five columns by how, when, where, what, who, why, and ask God to fill in the blanks for that day and just start writing. You may need a lot of paper to write. Get yourself some, a lot of pencils. A wise son fixes himself up to see how people hear from the Father to hear his instructions and heed to them. Step 11, folks. Sought through prayer, meditation, to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the power of his will, praying only for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. Folks, that is so huge. That's a college in itself. That's a... That's a college degree in acing that statement. That's step 11. All right, verse 2. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, by the soul of the transgressors. But the soul, excuse me, of the transgressors shall eat violence. Let me take a gulp of coffee here. You think I'm using pretty good use of my time? Than trying to work with one person as opposed to 
read this and get into jails and institutions through the apparatuses that we have. By the way, I'm sitting in a leather couch that my brother gave me. It's electric. It puts the feet up. And I'm going to put it in my, hopefully in my study. When I get tired, I'll take a nap. I'll put my feet up. Pretty good deal, huh? And given to me by my brother, my only brother. Isn't that wonderful? We used to fight like cat and dogs in the early years. That's why I left home at 16. Best thing that ever happened to me. Get popped in the nose. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. Okay. What we say and respectful and give life a chance to, to bring back its good things to us. But the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. Whoa, the words of a transgressor. Number three, he that keepeth his mouth. You know why we need to keep our mouth? We, we need to keep our lives. We need to be respectful because we don't understand, you know, the uh, life as it is. You know, why this happened, why that happened. You know, we, we see some things that are unfair and we don't understand the whole story. If the other person started or the other person is greedy, whatever. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that open wide his lips shall have destruction. There's more to come in understanding those verses. Number four. The soul of the sluggard desireth and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. And fat is rich. A righteous man hated lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Shame, <clears throat> shame follows a wicked man, and then shame becomes a habit to the wicked man. And then the wicked man continues to do shameful acts so he can feel shameful. He caught on a web. But a righteous man hated lying. Righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but the wicked overthrow the sinner. Excuse me, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. Righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way. You know, to be righteous is getting on our knees and praying to our Father and asking for his righteousness. And boom, he gives to us. We ask, you know, he's forgiven us our sins. I ask you, Father, forgive me of my sins as I forgive others. That's right standing with the creator of the universe, creator of all life. But wickedness has his own power. Wickedness comes and, and grabs a sinner by a headlock and, over, and throws him down. And he loses everything that he's trying to gain. Number seven. <clears throat> there is that maketh himself rich, yet has nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet has great riches. Amen. Eight, the ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor hear it not rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoice it, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Only by pride come a contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Well gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase it. 
Hope defer makes a heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Amen. We need to have the desire alive, folks, in us. That's why a board of dreams, pictures of dreams, and open a board. And it's all right to hope. It's all right to hope. It's pushing expectancies. That's the problem. But hoping, when you're hoping, is you're imagining nice things. That's all you're doing. And you're putting a picture on the thing. You're not demanding the situation to come to pass. All you're doing is planting seeds in you and impressions in your God and our God and what will make us joyful. Amen. 13. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. That's uh, the Our Father, folks. <clears throat> Who despises the word shall be destroyed. But he who that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. You know, I give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our wrongs as we forgive the knuckleheads that wrong against us. What an awesome exchange. We have a way to clear the slate and for us to have assurance we're good with the Father, we're good with fellow man, with the universe, and with we are good with progress, joy, and freedom. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to, to depart from the snares of death. You know, when we sin, we have cables that holds us back when opportunity comes up. Ask me how I know. You get a good job. You get a, a, a girl you fall in love with. And because of your unrighteous living or your unforgiveness or the people you've been hanging around with and the tattoos you've been putting on your on your face your body they they pull you back and you're unable to participate in the delights and the prizes of, of this life because we have the, those sins <clears throat> and the way we cut them off is by thanking God they're there okay and then his hand will come down and cut them off sounds kind of Thanking God for my sin? Yep. <clears throat> if you haven't been able to get them off your back, then try it this way. Thank God for your misfit ways. Thank God for my misfit ways. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding give it favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Good understanding, give it favor. But the way of transgressors is hard. Boy, we got to read into these, huh? And to me, that saying is, uh, good understanding is saying, hey, we all have challenges and we all don't uh, hit all eight cylinders. You know, we're not. So mercy and uh, give you the benefit of the doubt and being kind to people gives you favor. But the way of the transgressors is hard. Judgment, critical, flying off the handle. You know, you promised this, you didn't do that. It says, you know, you just say, no worries. God's got it. God runs the universe. God runs the meetings, you know. Another, uh, we act in love and things work out properly when we need it. 
16, every prudent man deal it with knowledge, but a fool lay it open his folly. I may sound pretty good, like I know what I'm talking about. I'm probably talking with eagle, and I apologize for that. But I've been in meetings where I try to not talk with eagle, and your your talk is dead like last year's turkey. But if you use eagle in the proper perspective as representing your program and words in your program and laying it out pretty good and being happy about that, then I think that ego has, ego has got to have a position of good, folks. I don't know why we get in so much ego, but it has to have a position of good. When we find something, we have to tell others about it. And we may use our ego for good. Every prudent man deal it with knowledge, but a fool lay it open his folly. And I'm a fool a lot of times. I just do a lot of foolish things. I hurt my body. I hurt my arms. I overcommit myself, you know, in doing tile work, brick work, cutting trees. And now I'm paying the price that my enthusiasm without, without proper knowledge as my age, I'm going to be 70 here. And, you know, I could have fallen off that thing, could have, could have, would have, should have. Big deal, huh? All right, 17. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. All right, guys, I am your faithful ambassador. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. Woo! Poverty and shame shall be to him. Let's receive some instructions, folks. And he that regarded reproof shall be honored. I really enjoy the word reproof. Let's see what it says. Reproof. Let's read this. He that regarded reproof shall be honored. And it's giving us a footnote here. 15.5. Let's see what 15.5 says. A fool despises his father's instructions, but he that regarded reproof is prudent. Wow, prudent. I like that word. 31 and 32. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abided among the wise. I'm going to ask you, what is reproof? He that refuses instructions despises his own soul. But he that heareth reproof get it understanding. Amen, folks. I'm just going to tell you that real quick, like that the word to me, the word reproof to me is, is the main copy, the master copy. You know, the master copy is Jesus. The master copy is Adam before he sinned. So and that's what a reproof, a reproof knocks off the nonsense of what's been contaminated or dirty, the dirtiness we have picked up through this earth. Okay. Even if, let's say it was not our fault, it was given to us, we learned it or we chose it or whatever. But it's up to us to 
reparent ourselves. Reproof is the original copy. That's the quick version of it. So we regard what we should be, a righteousness in God in Christ Jesus. We sh- and we should be forgiven, and sh- we should act forgiven. We should think that the only thing we deserve is mercy and love and and allow the love to come in into our hearts and allow God's love to enter our hearts and act loving. Yeah, you're going to act like you're selfish in the beginning. You're going to have vanity all over, say, I love myself, but that's okay until God's love enters our hearts and we get some value in us that we're valuable, then that's the reproof that's working. And it'll keep us, we're regarding reproof with our imagination. And we shall be honored because of that. That's that's the right regards of ourselves. If we keep going the wrong way, we need to understand what the word reproof is. And sometimes reproof takes on a two-by-four to whack nonsense and guidance into you. I know it did me. In the beginning years of AA, all I saw was a giant two-by-four God was using to knock this blockhead back into AA. And all what God was doing, he was answering my prayer when I got in the knee, my knees and I said, Father, help me. The alcohol is killing me. And because of his compassion and his love as a father, he took a two-by-four started whacking me around till I complied. Yes, Lord, I'll be a good Boy Scout now. <laughs> All right, I'm getting a little <clears throat> long-winded here. I still have about 10 more verses, so please hang in there, and we're almost done. 19. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. Now, that's one of the reasons I want to just... For us to um, have a celebration day, any day of the week, say Thursday, <clears throat> the desire accomplished for us is to is to finish up our task list, right? This task, that task, uh, to have pictures <clears throat> in the mirror or uh, pictures of desired things that we want, and when we get them, make a big deal, a big celebration. Rejoice with me. I got a new pickup truck. Look at here. And go give gifts to people and be excited, you know. Just make yourself be excited about small accomplishments. You didn't drink today. You did this. Pat yourself in the back if no one's do it. But I'd raise the desire accomplishment because it's sweet to the soul. The soul needs encouragement. The soul needs uh accomplishments I don't know why but it does you ever have your soul turn on you if you don't love yourself your soul is going to help you because you don't love it and when the soul starts acting evil watch out you can tell look in the mirror your soul will cuss at you or will tell you they love you it's our choice all right I'm trying to finish these and I keep talking too much he that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed people that don't read don't try to change every year I used to hang around with a bunch of people 
mostly at the company where I work mechanics. Man, these mechanics would complain and cuss while we were trying to eat lunch in the break room. So I couldn't stand it anymore. I had just started going to AA my first year, and I'm a, I'm there with my suit and mechanic in the motor pool division, changing oils, fixing trucks, running after trucks. I had to get out of there and go and, and get on top of a truck. Actually, it was... Uh, uh, container it was a van as a fluid container somehow they, they they haul like it was like a gas truck you know one of those big containers but it, it it held fluid in there and we would clean it with steam when it would come into the shop and I would sit up there on the catwalk eat my lunch <laughs> way up there and read my book at that time I started reading uh, espionage books, anything I can get my hands on. Boy, they were interesting for my lunch. The desire to accomplish is sweet to the soul again, but is abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Evil pursueth sinners. Whew, how would you like evil pursuing you, huh? But to the righteous, good shall be repaid. Hallelujah. Good shall be repaid. I hope I get repaid if I'm helping anybody out there, which this will help anyone that's got their antennas up. Verse 22, a good man leaving an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. I like that last verse. I'm going to raise it up to God. I said, Lord... Do your word. Your word says right here that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Bring me the wealth of the sinner, Lord, that I may use it for my children's children and leave them an inheritance. Ah. Okay, 23. Much food is in the tillage of the poor. Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. I don't understand that. He that spared his rod hated his son, but he that loved him chases him bedtime, bead times. In other words, you're quick to pronounce punishment on your child. If he breaks a plant, talks back to you, cusses his mother out, you're quick to put that discipline. It's easier to start early in life when they're five years old. So when when they're 15, they can beat you up. So it's easy to get on it and get going. The righteous eat it to the satisfying of the soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. The righteous eat it to the satisfying of his soul. See the soul again? You, you, you have pleasure to eat your body. Your body has nutrition. But then your soul rejoices in what you're eating. It gets happy too because you're caring for yourself. I used to throw uh, spirits of alcohol into my body and work, 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 and don't, do, not, do not pause to get cleaned up and get ready for the, next, for the Monday coming and just drink your check away. And, and the soul was not being satisfied. It wasn't being rewarded. It wasn't being restful, cleaned up. It wasn't acknowledged, so the soul started becoming contaminated with the wicked spirits of alcohol 
and my soul became crazy. It wanted to kill me. I knew that every time I drank alcohol, alcohol and my soul were telling me to do worse things. Thank God, with my spirit, I cried unto the God, and I called God to help me. All right, let's get out of here with the uh, serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thank you for coming on to this pod- this hour of this podcast. I enjoyed rambling away. Didn't realize that everybody's left the room. Talk to you later. God bless you. Did we pray? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Give them heaven, family. Stay.